You are now listening to Let Me Muse. It's a podcast by me, Kayla L. Smith. I'm a follower of Jesus, a photographer, business owner, self-proclaimed thinker, conversationalist, lover of people, researcher, daughter, and friend. I created this podcast to help us all walk through the topics that actually take a little bit of pondering to find understanding. And just like life, our thoughts are a nuance. I hope in this space so we all learn to feel a little bit more free in using this brain that our creator gave us. So I don't really know why this topic that I'm getting ready to speak about is wrapped in a lot of shame within Christian culture. But you know what? Maybe it's wrapped in shame in general. And maybe everyone across the board feels very shameful about it. I just think within Christianity, we should feel the most vulnerable the most, and be the most transparent and feel the most free so that we can present our broken human nature to the Lord. Um, and this topic that I'm talking about is Christians dealing with depression. And there's a lot of Christians that deal with depression. But I think the reason why people hide it is because it's really multifaceted just like with any culture even in christian culture there's this image that people feel like they need to uphold and unfortunately that christian image can be a weight and i want to make this clear i'm not speaking about walking with jesus i'm not talking about a genuine or genuine relationship with journeying through life with god I'm just speaking of the image that's painted in our minds of how culture has taught us, or Western culture has taught us, a Christian is supposed to appear when facing certain things, like depression. Like if they don't respond or we don't respond in in strength, sometimes it can make people feel like they aren't holy enough or they don't know how to get to God like the people around them. And so it comes, it like turns into this comparison thing. And for some, it makes people feel like God doesn't hear them overall. And so it starts to drown people. It actually may be the cause of why so many Christians sit in depression longer than they probably should, because they feel like they aren't supposed to feel what they feel as a believer. So at that point, it's not just the depression of everyday life being attacked, but it's also their faith, our faith, the only thing that's mending us together in the worst part of our lives. So by now you guys have figured out that I love reading off statistics and I just love researching just random things or things that I'm thinking about. But I was reading in an article that people of Jewish descent, Pentecostals, and those with no affiliation experience have higher rates of depression than other religious groups. So as a Christian, reading this just confirmed to me that our understanding of God and our theology can influence how we end up responding to things in this life. That could be in a good way or a bad way. Bad meaning we believe we are supposed to be wearing a Superman or Superwoman cape, pretending like absolutely nothing is wrong are believing the right answer is telling everyone I prayed and it went away versus us actually walking through it with God, casting our cares one by one to God and trusting that he does care for us no matter how ugly whatever we are giving him is. Y'all, the scriptures are not exempt from people dealing with depression. It doesn't use the word depression, but it uses words like 
downcast, brokenhearted, troubled, miserable, despairing, and mourning, just as a few examples. I'm so glad God chose people like David as an example in the Bible, because honestly, you really can't get more honest than this guy. I'm not going to get too much into his character, but all I would say that he was a mess. And women actually today would call him trash. Like, dude was just dealing with too many women. Yet the scripture mentioned him over a thousand times. What I do want to highlight is him even speaking faith into himself by saying, why are you downcast, oh my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. That's Psalms 42, 11. He knew exactly what state he was in, and he also chose to lean into God. Elijah, this man in 1 Kings, literally told God that he had had enough and prayed that he would die. He was clearly at the point of dealing with suicidal thoughts and, or rather like suicidal ideations. And it's interesting because after he went to sleep sad, like many times we just go to sleep super sad and depressed, then God sent an angel to him to wake him up and tell him to eat. <laughs> that, was, it was, that was his response. He actually told him twice. So God had him take care of himself. And after all of that, God spoke to him, which I found interesting, but I'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole. But I'm just saying he had him take care of himself first. So there's that. <laughs> and Job, I'm just going to read you a few things that Job said. Job 3.11, why did I not perish at birth and die as I came from the womb? Job, Job 3.26, I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. Job 10.1, I loathe my very life, therefore I will give free reign to my complaint and speak out in bitterness of my soul. <laughs> Y'all, these are only three, but there are many examples of people in the scriptures that dealt with depression. Out of all of the people God could have used for us to see their lives, he always chose broken people. Because the reality is brokenness is a part of humanity and the sweetness of it is the goodness of God. It's not about God using us or having a big call on our lives. Like that's the culture that we live in in the United States of America. It's just all about our names, how much we do, all of this stuff. And honestly, all of that stuff adds a lot of pressure too. Really, it's really just broken down about how much he loves us throughout these ebbs and flows of our life. It won't always be good times and it always won't be tough times, but either way, we'll always eventually taste and see that the Lord is good. The common denominator wasn't perfection. It was simply not letting go of trusting in God, even if they didn't feel like it. You might say, okay, all of this is good, but how do I get out of where I am now? I'm not one of those people that will tell you, pray and it'll go away. Now, I believe it's possible. I believe in miracles. I have seen miracles happen in front of my face, but I also believe in us putting action to our faith. I see the miracle in that as well. And no matter how we think or we feel, putting action is also using our faith. We have to make the decision and decide how we're going to be proactive towards ourselves, even if we don't want to. 
To me, that's how we stand on the scriptures. That's how we have faith as Christians, not just expecting stuff to just disappear, but believing that if, even in our roughest space, that if we take a step, God will help us with the next steps. That he's not going to leave us or forsake us, but having hope no matter how broken we are, no matter how much we haven't spoken to him, no matter how much we can't see it, no matter how much of a sinner we think we are, that the blood that was shed on Calvary was enough to carry us through this life as we journey through it. That may look like going and seeing a therapist. God has gifted people in this life that has studied how this brain and our hormones work after being in this fallen world. That's a miracle that a human can even have the intelligence to study their own makeup. That is a gift from God to help us. They know things like our brain having something called dendrites. And um, every time we have a thought and think of those thoughts, those dendrites grow like trees. And when we change that thought, those dendrites break down and grow new ones. Hence the scripture, renew our minds daily. It's science that, that shows us that scripture actually happens. And that's, again, a rabbit trail. But that's a gift from God that we even know that that people even understand that so i'm saying i say it's okay to see a therapist <laughs> it's, it's really okay in a practical sense you may just need to create a routine and begin to take care of yourself it helps me when i create sp uh, space for myself running walking sitting reading breathing praying setting a schedule to do things daily you need to take care of yourself when I go for my walks, biking or running, I love listening to podcasts while I'm doing so because I'm also working out and I'm gaining information. One of the people I enjoy um, that's beneficial to this podcast is Dr. Carolyn Leaf. She's a neuroscientist and a Christian, a Holy Spirit believing Christian. She has some incredible information on the human brain and tying all of that together biblically. More than anything, just know God didn't leave you. He literally promises to never leave us or forsake us. And y'all, he is not like mankind. Like he is a man of his word. He truly is. He doesn't sway. He doesn't say, eh, I changed my mind. Like he means what he says because he's not a liar and he cannot deny himself. That's what the word says. As foggy as it is right now, I'm sure you can see glimpses of him still being there. If you really just stopped and you looked, you would still be able to see Jesus. You would still be able to see him. He didn't leave you. As confusing of a space that it is, he did not leave you. And as much as you feel alone, you are not. This headspace, when you're in depression, it sucks. I know it does. But you can make it through this. And I'm telling you, things do not stay the same forever. And that includes feelings. I don't know what your next step is, but I know you got this. And I also know that you're not alone.